everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. My name is Sal from the Rogue Rebels, and I am here to talk more High Republic, because you know what? There's more High Republic, and I really like it. Uh, specifically comics, specifically the High Republic Adventures. Um, we've released a couple of episodes talking about the first, like, seven issues. Um... So yeah, we're going to talk about the end, and with me, I have a very special guest. You might know him from a bunch of podcasts everywhere. His name is King Tom. Hi, Sal. Thank you for having me. What's up, buddy? So, so glad, so, so honored to be graced with your presence, sir. Well, you're the one who invited me, so I'm, I'm the one who's happy to be here. I'm I, the one who's on Look, I submitted a request. I'm glad you got to it and reviewed it and uh, deemed us acceptable. Well, you, you know, your show always meets my standards, and you and the fam having gone on the Galactic Star Cruiser, that just, you know, puts you at the front of the line. Oh, there we go, dude. We got, like, clout now. We're like, yes, yes. we have been to space, my darling, yes. Exactly. Also, You've been yes. to space. I've been to space. Uh, yes, I have uh, wonderful memories, wonderful memories. It was great. Um... Mm-hmm. King Tom, man, you haven't been to space, Andrew. No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. But you know what, though? You're going to uh, Batu soon, right? Yeah. Um, a Batu excursion of your own. Yeah, it's it's kind of surreal that I'm actually going to be going to a Disney location. Uh, but, you know, I'm going out to, to California for celebration. And uh, the rest of the Sithless guys and I are going to uh, Disneyland Ha-ha. one of those days. Yeah. Look. Batu is one of my favorite places, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, this is not going to come as a surprise to you, King Tom. <laughs> I like hanging out at Batu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, I, like I just, I wish there was like a discounted like daily like it like hey dude, I don't even need to get on the rise. Just let me come kick it. Let me sit at a table. Let me get a Ronto mm-hmm. wrap. I'll pay ten bucks for a Ronto wrap if I can just hang out there for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, like those restaurants that are like, hey, you get forty five minutes if you buy a coffee. Like right. do that with a Ronto wrap. I'll pay mm-hmm. the $10 for a Ronto wrap if I can just, like, kick it. It's so relaxing. Um, I just really like the vibe of Batu. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it's, it's, it's something else, dude. Like, being in that kind of uh, that, that environment, that place. And I know, like, you know, look, Star Cruiser is also next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that. But, like, just I, I really like the... Just being surrounded by that that uh that authentic looking energy and just kicking it like sometimes like I don't need mm-hmm. to go on Smuggler's Run fifteen fifteen times I just need to sit there and chill and like look up and see a giant statue with some weird like Jedi symbol on it like that's just awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should just build a statue in my backyard or something. <laughs> It'll take up sculpting. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sculpt it. I mean, need to I need to move to a place where there's a mountain in my backyard and I can just sculpt that little piece into a giant statue and be like, hey, I bought this from Doc Ondar and it's huge. And I put it in my backyard. Doc Yard. Doc on Yard. Nope, that's not working. No. I thought there was something there. I guess it's nothing. Yeah. They, yeah. The, the, the Ock in Doc make, kind of makes you think so, but no, not really. It doesn't, I was, doesn't work out. Yeah, I was feeling so creative. And then, um, nope, that was the port <laughs> in the storm talking. Right. Uh, I went through the uh, Galaxy's Edge cook. We have the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Okay. And Lizzie left. So Lizzie's in college. <laughs> My child is gone and grown up and 20 now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
mine mine's turning 12 next month so okay. yeah you're a little bit behind because like my son is 15 no okay. 14 he's not even 15 he's gonna be but he's like you know when they're teenagers they're just like <laughs> so that's a little rough anyway <laughs> don't know where to go from there uh we have the galaxy's edge cookbook but nothing in it comes out as good as when we had Lizzie here. Mm-hmm. I got an air fryer and I was like, I bet I can do, cause I always try to do the fried tip yip, which is basically okay. fried chicken. Yeah. Um, but cut into rectangles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lizzie made it excellent and phenomenal. It was delicious every time and perfectly fried. And every time I try to do it and fry it, like all the stuff comes off in the, fr- like, so I end up with like little chunks of fried stuff and little chunks of chicken with nothing. Like it never comes out right. All the stuff falls off when I'm trying to cook it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got an air fryer and I was like, oh, I could probably do it now. I fried those things <laughs> with the recommended time mm-hmm. and they were like burnt to a crisp. So I think Aww. I made Mustafarian <laughs> tip yip, not Endorian fried tip yip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went that little extra. Liz got home and she was like, what did you do? And I was like, I tried to use the air fryer, babe. Uh, and then Axel, who had the task of making the mashed choke root, we were like, we're going to, it's my day off. Like, we're going to make sure there's food when my wife gets home. It's going to be great. Like, Axel, you handle the, like, mashed choke root, put some veggies in there and I'll do the chicken. It'll be awesome. He put too much salt in it. So, like, on his stuff, we were like, Ugh! Every time we took a bite, and then on my stuff was all crispy and burned. Mm-hmm. We really need Lizzie, man. There's no balance in yes. this house. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I did make good. Uh, there's also drinks in that cookbook. Oh, okay. And I went looking for ingredients this week mm-hmm. because I wanted to make port in a storm. Okay. Uh, the which... par- Parmenthian... Famous yeah. Parmenthian. I'm probably saying it wrong because I don't. You know, I don't listen. You know to what I'm talking books. about, right? It's, oh, it's yes. from Bloodline, the, right? Yeah, Bloodline. Okay. It knocked, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's like the 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 deadly. Like yeah. I don't think Han Solo even drinks. Exactly. It. Exactly. Okay. Like yeah, I think it's shown up in other books as well. But like Bloodline was like where I remember first seeing it, and me like ah ha ha ha. Yeah. This is great. There's a recipe for it in the cookbook, and it's basically okay. like a very ginger based cocktail. Um. Hmm. So I bought all the stuff for it and I made it like two nights ago and it was really good, but it's also like a little bit strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's the end of the story. It's a good drink. What, what kind of, what kind of alcohol? So it's, it's like, what is it? It's spiced rum with ginger liqueur and ginger beer and a little bit of lime and something else, something else. Oh, port, Ruby port. Do you know what that Mm -hmm. is? I know what port is, but not ruby port. Okay, like, well, it's like a red port, <laughs> like a red wine okay. almost, like a strong red wine, I guess. Uh, so I had to go to BevMo and ask a lot of people questions, mm-hmm. uh, because that's how I do things <laughs> when I don't know. <laughs> I need an adult! Help! Uh, sir, do you have a ginger liqueur? I'm looking at it right here. Is that the only one? Sorry, <laughs> budget option, sir. <laughs> You know, but then I rationalized like, hey, dude, like I'm going to make like 16 drinks with this. So it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? That, good drink. That, that's good. That's not what I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been like a vodka with like some really 
strong, nasty tasting liqueur. Yeah. Um, I had one, you know, one of my friends was all about Negronis. Have you ever had one of those? No. Please say that word again. Negroni? No. Never heard okay, of so it. So it's, it's bitters, vermouth, and I believe Campari. Huh. And uh, it's supposed to be like kind of orange flavored, but it tastes like an earwax cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> uh wow i i i wanted to like it i wanted to be yeah, sophisticated yeah. but no i it it i couldn't so i have this whole bottle of some i you know whatever when, when i was i was right. thinking back to port in a storm i'm thinking like okay that and vodka because of the way they say it tastes and yeah the effect it has on you so but i'm yeah i will yeah. say it's deceptively strong like it tastes okay. like it's tasty but it's also mm-hmm. it's got like it's got a shot of this. It's got that ginger liqueur, and it's got that ruby port in it. Mm. Um, so it's like, you know, two is enough, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, you know. Uh, but it's not like in the book. It's described as like rough, and it knocks you down. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not that. It's a little more of a. It's it's definitely gentle to drink, and it's like I said, it's really ginger based. So it tastes almost like a very strong ginger tea. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. And we drink a lot of ginger tea in this house. Maybe that's why. It's not surprising mm. to us. I, I like ginger, though. Yeah, it's good for you, man. That's what I said. Yeah. I made the drink, and I was like, this is good for you. <laughs> Go ahead. Take it. If you got the sniffles, this will clear you right up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk drinks, King Tom. Well, I guess not. We're supposed to be talking about comic books about Padawans who do not drink Port in a Storm. <laughs> Sir. Nope. This puppy is just, he came in, and he's here now. Anyway. Although although one of them kind of grew up in Maz's bar. Oh, that is a great callback. Nope, that's not a word. <laughs> callback. It was close. Where was I going with that? Like, I feel I like know. I have things in my head, and they don't quite make it on the podcast. I don't know what's happening tonight, King Tom. It might be that port in a storm. Remember maybe, when maybe. I said deceptively strong? I only had yes. one. Then again, I'm having a huckleberry now, so, hey, anyway. It's been a long day, King Tom. <laughs> uh, real quick, let me hit y'all with some business. You can check us out at therogerebels.com. We have a Facebook page. Go like it. We are on... Nope. This is all incorrect. We're on Instagram at the Rogue Rebels and TikTok. And we're on Twitter at Rogue Rebels Fam. You can check out recent shows that we were on. Uh, there is a new episode of Star Wars Geek Girl. It is very short because apparently they didn't have a lot of news, but it is also enjoyable, as it always is. I put up Spotify polls that nobody votes in but me, so I pin my own answers. Ha! Take that. If you want that to stop, please answer yourself. And King Tom, where can people find you on the interwebs? This is a long list. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom Chansky on Twitter, and then I'm on the Sithless podcast every week. And then I do Patreon shows for Steel Wars, Blue Harvest, and The Bad Motivators. Um, just one thing you can always look forward to. Uh, I'm always happy to have you on our podcast. Thank you. And you don't have to worry about any Naboos here. Oh, thank you. Breath of fresh air. You can relax. It's going to be like an hour of fun. Uh, I didn't put anything in the news, but they announced phase two and it's not coming till fall. If I'm not, am I, am I mistaken? It's like fall release, right? I believe you're correct. Okay. Uh, the fall and the, the the time period that it takes place in is going yes. to be totally different. Yes. Are you 
like I think there's uh there's a fair number of people who were like what like but I wanted to see what happened next and I'm I understand that but I'm mm-hmm. also curious about so many little things and mentions particularly whatever happened on Dalna that keeps coming up mm-hmm. uh, so I'm really excited for phase two to go back and see a lot of these things like the blade of Bardota, the night of sorrow, uh, you know, uh, even younger Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll find out about Rose family and the levelers and all that stuff? I don't know about the levelers. I feel like it's almost such an unknown that like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird because this is 250 years or 200 years before, uh, Phantom Menace, right? So, mm-hmm. in theory, like that's long enough for them to have like forgotten about them apparently, or never mentioned them. Although they never come back, so why would they mention them? Right. But you know, this also seems like a place where they've never heard of them either. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, my, my one thing is maybe they might have because they did in in the Martian Row miniseries they mm-hmm. have how he you know he learned of it yes and obviously the 200 years in the past would be too far back for his father so maybe some of his ancestors in something that is totally separate from whatever the jedi story is okay that's the only way i think they could pull it off yeah i mean i think you it's a very similar uh very similar line you walk when it's like is there going to be any sith anything yeah, you know, because it's like, well, then the Jedi can't have heard of it, and that you know, all, it, like, it's like that kind of, you know, like the, it's whatever everybody's saying about the acolyte, that's mm-hmm. what, in theory, they're thinking about this, and the nameless or the Shri Kare Kare or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I am curious about maybe the origins because, uh, I think they say that Asgar Rose's mom started it. So maybe three, I think like 150 years, it might be longer than three. I don't know how long their species live, mm-hmm. but you know, if we do get to see the beginnings of that or uh, that might be interesting. Yeah. it. I mean, I, and I'm sure they, they've, like you said, they've dropped all these little things yeah. that they could go back to, but there's nothing like, well, how did Anakin Skywalker, t- there's no big mystery like that. Right. Right. And I guess that's the biggest thing is like. Okay, I mean, to jump over to another... Nah, I guess I shouldn't do that. I guess, like, you're the con- the connective thread. Like, yeah. we're going back 150 years, and when we're done with that, what is that going to show us? What insight is that going to give us about what's happening now? I guess is the mm-hmm. connective tissue that I'm excited to see. I don't right. really know it- exactly what it is, but I am mm-hmm. very curious. You know, in theory, like, what is it about the Nameless that we're going to learn about what the, prob- what the Jedi are facing now? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the the Nile, or the Drengir, or whatever. Um, other than like, oh, I get to see Yoda a little bit younger. Oh, this dude is actually the Blade of Bardotta right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is also rad. But yeah, I am definitely interested to see like that. What if not? What insight it gives us into what we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess I, yeah. Oh, may, maybe it'll tell us what Yoda's up to. Hey, hey, hey. I covered that on the last episode. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that is a, so like in these comics, I guess we'll just start getting into the comics. So this is like spoiler time for anybody who hasn't read these issues. The comics are really, really, really well done. You guys all know, listeners are already going to know that I am a huge fan of Daniel Jose Elder. He has the kind of voice and the kind of, uh, he has a way with Star Wars that I really like or appreciate. Like he's not afraid to get weird with it. He's not afraid to like, he doesn't take himself too seriously. And I feel like that's some of the, that's some of the, the weaknesses of Star Wars sometimes mm-hmm. is where uh, people take it so seriously or they do, like, they're too afraid to do something or they too. And I feel like DJ older really speaks with that voice. That's like, uh, there's like an authenticity there that like the voices sound real, mm-hmm. even though it's wacky and out there. And yeah. Yeah. And the, the, his characters yes. are just really good. They're people there. There's something about the way he writes. And was it last shot? The, the Han and Lando book? Yes, it was. Okay. You know, you know, these, he wrote Han and Lando and he wrote a bunch of other characters, but you know, we've known Han and Lando forever. Uh-huh. And just the way he wrote them, you wanted to be there hanging out with them. Yeah. You know, you felt like you were on the Millennium Falcon or wherever else they were right, in right. that book trying to solve this mystery. And the same thing, you know, this, I think in name, this series was aimed at, at younger readers, but at the same time, it wasn't. It So it featured this group That's of That's all of, of Star Wars, by the way, everybody. That <laughs> is all of Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Continue. Yeah. No, you know, you as a reader, you wanted to hang out with these Padawans. There were times I felt like a Padawan. And mm-hmm. he just has that way of connecting readers to what they're reading. And I'm not I'm not saying other Star Wars authors don't, but that really comes through. Like and he, Yeah. He gets it and he presents it in a new way. And I, I I like that. So like especially like what you're saying with like with last shot and with these established characters. Mm-hmm. He takes them and he he makes them relatable, and it's also like uh like last shot. Uh, I recently re-listened to last shot. Um, okay, because I hadn't touched it in a while, mm-hmm. um, and I remember enjoying it when it came out. But like going through it with that lens of like last shot is uh, it is L- Lando and Han, and it is like them facing uh like kind of growing up. But also kind yeah. of like like they're each turning over a new, like they're scared of the next step in their life. Like for Han, it's having a kid. And for Lando, it's maybe settling down and getting in a relationship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's right. like these very normal things that like we all have gone through. Um, But it's like uh, like these situations that, that you have these characters that you love and you look and they're inspirational. But in these moments, like, they don't only become relatable, they become real, and they become, like, a lot more identifiable than you would mm-hmm. think. Because, like, it's one thing to be like, ah, he's the coolest guy. Like, he thinks, like, Jedi are silly sometimes, and, like, he flies a cool ship, and he's such a badass. That's why, like, uh, when you're a kid, you want to be Han Solo. And when you read this book, you look at Han Solo, and you're like, oh, I was Han Solo for a minute. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember that. Yeah, I was there, son. Like, if you've had kids or if you've gone through those kind like, and it's, I'm sure it's not just, like, for me, I looked at it as a parent a lot. Like, a lot of the parental things in that book are very touching to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's just me identifying, but, like, it, it is, it's a really, really good book. 
And it really takes these people that you know and throwing these a little bit more relatable situations. Like, the issue isn't, like, that he's running in a room full of stormtroopers and shooting and flying his way out of an asteroid field or, you know, like, these things that you're like, that is just so awesome. He made two Star Destroyers hit each other. How funny. <laughs> um, it's like this dude worried about how to raise his kid and how to raise him right and, like, what kind of role model he wants to be. And, like, how to do this job that he's not sure he's equipped to do. Which, I don't know about you, but, like, as a parent, I face that every day. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, and, that's, that's like, what be part of the big part of what being a parent is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think the High Republic Adventures, it makes these characters that are... Like, a lot of Star Wars, you know, you work with archetypes and you look at these things and they're... They're characters that are, like, what's the word? Like, they're inspirational to a point sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the way that he writes characters, they're lovable. And they're, like, instead of seeing them as an inspiration sometimes, you do. Like, they obviously have very heroic, very beautiful moments. But they also have very identifiable moments. Like, Mm -hmm. and in this, you know, this series, like, really focuses on the Padawans. So you're seeing these young kids put in these ridiculous situations. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time you relate to them cause you're like, dude, this dude just wants to hang out in his garage, boy. And I feel you, Yeah, you know? Um, yeah, man, it, it is a great series. The characters are really, really, really wonderful. And, you know, we talk, uh, I've, I've already done a podcast about like the first five or so issues that introduce like the situation and the, the, the pitch for the series is like, it's Yoda and buckets of blood and they're taking these Padawans along and oh no, trouble happens. Mm-hmm. Then Yoda's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, he like disappears. He's uh, going to do something. And then you don't see, I mean, I think he's in flashbacks in the, in the last issue. In uh, he's yeah. Okay. So we don't see him from like issue five on or something like, you know, he disappears in like the first four or five issues. Right. And every book since then has been like, where is he at? I don't know. Yeah, and that's this is the one thing we've gotten Yoda content in. Yes. All of the, like, the books, they're like, oh, Yoda's off somewhere. Yoda's yep. doing something. Yep. And yeah. nobody knows where he is. And there are, you know, I don't want to give spoilers for books, but <laughs> if you listen to our last episode, you know that I just gave a spoiler for a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh but so, so but like uh you know that to me the, especially the last uh that book puts a real button on this this phase two of uh oh yes yeah high republic that and the marshawn rose series yes yes i agree i agree i agree with you wise man uh but you know the first like how did this when you when you first started up the series what did you expect how did you find DJ Older's comic book writing? Yeah, I think this was this his first comic overall because uh, I, I know this is the first comic I've read. I think by so. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think yeah. eventually he did. Uh, did he did like Forlom and Zuckus? Yeah, that and came out during something this. Else. Oh, Trail of Shadows, which has been killer. Okay. Yeah, that. But was... Yeah, this was the first one. Right. Um, cause yeah, like we mentioned, he did, he did last shot. I think he, he, he did a kind of young adult Spider-Man novel Okay. that we, we got at Costco. I don't know if my kids and I have ever read it. We meant to. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's, he's, you know, accomplished novelist. 
Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, going into this just being IDW, I thought, okay, it's going to be aimed at younger readers. Mm-hmm. And then you look, you know, when the, the art previews start coming out, it, it has a little bit more of a cartoony feel. Nothing wrong with that. I, I like that style. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, younger readers, I'm still going to get it because it's High Republic and it's going to be all, um, you know, it's, it's going to be part of the storyline. Yeah, yeah. That That's what they're saying. Um, I did think, and just because you asked what I thought going into this, mm-hmm. I thought it would be more anthology telling stories of different groups of characters. Okay. Um, but, you know, we got it, and it was, it was about these Padawans. Yoda was in it, which, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Padawans were right in the middle, you know, it started off right in the middle of a, a, a Nile attack. Right. And you start reading it, and it, it, it immediately went deeper than I thought it would, mm-hmm. because... It's not like the Padawans are being held back. They're, you know, they're dealing with the problem just as much as the masters are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, in in one of one of the the, the later storylines, um, is it Farzala or Court? But Farzala, yeah. Farzala. Well, like, so he is. Uh... He has to go. Um, mediate with the huts yes okay negotiate yes. you know that's Farzala. right yeah um and you know we we get the crew of the vessel from um the books which i i loved seeing so yeah it it, it kept up with the same group of characters mm-hmm. but it put those characters it, you know they were they're very much an important part of the high republic story um and then I, I don't know if I'd call her the, the main character, but but Lula Taliosa, um, you know, she's she is she's probably the most featured character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was dealing with some very real stuff. Um yeah. where, you know, she's a very promising Padawan. They say, you know, how talented she is, but she pretty much falls in love with a non Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then she has the opportunity to be knighted and she says, I don't know if this is what I want. Yeah. And you're, you know, reading that, you know, seeing her progression. Yeah. Seeing her yeah. story, how close she grows to Zine and how they're on the same page. You know, I, I was rooting for them as a couple. Yeah, exactly. And you don't, you know, love in Star Wars is always a bit of a forbidden thing. But they're they're going with it. And it's not just a couple, but it's, you know, yeah. and, a, a lesbian couple, which... Yeah. Great for them. Great for uh, Daniel Jose Elder for 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 pulling you know, pulling the trigger on. Right, and and like uh, like especially with like the representation and all that. Like the High Republic mm-hmm. has been killer in that uh, category. In that you know, like being able to bring us these characters that uh, fill so much more of these boxes than you know most of the stuff that we've gotten back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the the comic series is no different. Um, and then mm-hmm. if you're reading, like, the books and stuff, a little bit more of those stories are filled in. Like, Lula, I would say Lula, Lula Talisola is, like, the main character of these comics. Even though, like, a couple issues we dip out and, like, hey, here's what Farzala's mm-hmm. doing. Hey, yeah. here's a Quartz backstory. 
Yep. But dude, that Farzala moment um, in the issues that you're talking about, where they go on the mission to Bilbosa and like negotiate with huts, mm-hmm. and he has the flashbacks with his master, and they're t- it's like what he's teaching him about fear and like letting go. Like, the way that they do it, like, that is still, to this day, like, one of the strongest Star Wars moments in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. When he, like, his master is, is Master Obertuk, and he's a he's a Parwan, which are those, like, mushroom-looking floaty guys from Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, but he's a Jedi, and he's got, like, eight lightsabers in each tentacle <laughs> or something, like, ridiculous. But mm-hmm. for the comic, like... They take naps because they're like they have long hibernation cycles or something. So when they get to the huts, he's asleep and they can't wake him up. So they're like, you go do it, Farzala. And it's like a weird little, you know, whatever. But as Farzala is going through his adventure, he's having flashbacks of learning from Master Farzala. Mm -hmm. And he's like explaining to him. He's like, why do you think I have so many lightsabers? You know, and he's like, well, because you have so many arms, bro. Like, that's why, (laughs) like, you know, one for each. And he's like, no. I am a Parwan and I live thousands of years and each of these lightsabers is a Padawan who has lived and lost and gone to be one with the force. And his Padawan is like, oh, that sucks. (laughs) You know, and he's like, no, no, no. But I don't like, I connect, I commune with the force every day. And how can I be sad for those people that go and disappear? Like when you live this long, you see people rise and grow and change and love. And then they're gone. Like, but the lives they touched, like all of that is real. They were all a part of my life. And I, 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 I taught them as best as I could. And I saw them become brilliant Jedi and they grow, they grew into something wonderful. And each of these lightsabers was constructed for in their memory, you know, so how can I be sad that they've become one with the most powerful force in the universe? Like that I commune with every day. Like, mm-hmm. through these lightsabers and through the Force, they are always with me. And that's why you don't fear death. Because it is going to come for you no matter what. But, you know, when it does, like, as long as you are the Jedi that you grew and deserve to be. Or, like, you know, it's like a really powerful, like, moment of just this dude has eight light. Like, I'm explaining it so badly. Daniel Jose no, is, older, is a way better writer, but the impact that that had on me, I was like, this is so rad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love those issues. Yeah. And I, I actually, at first, like, you know, because again, that story played out over a number of issues. And at first mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this guy, he's sleeping. And I was yeah, mad at yeah. him. And then, and then that, you know, he gives that big speech about, about death. But then they they killed him off, yeah. In the eye of the storm, and I I felt bad. Yeah, and this is like kind of the only thing he was featured in. And right. then I saw him in Eye of the Storm, and I was oh. like, Oh no, how did he get there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although yeah. if you know he, he like we were talking about earlier, he could be in Phase Two. Oh yeah, because he lives thousands of years, right? Yeah, yeah. Got one less lightsaber. Yep. Yeah. Um, same mushroom hat. <laughs> same mushroom hat. One less lightsaber. Uh. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that is one of my favorite parts of this whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I want to skip ahead a little bit to when they go to Takodana. Okay. Yeah. There are reports of Nile attacks on Takodana. And that's mm-hmm. when you find out that Quart, who I cannot remember the name of his species. He's an Aloxian or something like that. But Quart is the little dude that wears like the skull mask 
of <laughs> what we find out to be a Von Dune crab or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So he's this species, and they're like very, very feral and strong. Yeah. And like that mask helps them like control that. So they're mm-hmm. able to like control their energy and control their strength. Um, and he's like always wearing it. And through the whole series, like he speaks another language. So you don't really know what he's saying, but he's always like, la, 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 and then he like helps. But and, everyone else understands. Yeah. Everybody else understands him. And he's always like on the same page. So they go to Takodana and that's when you find out like, oh, he was raised on Takodana because mm-hmm. on the opposite side of the lake from Maz castle, there was a Jedi <laughs> temple there. Yeah. And Sav Malagan is the Jedi who was over there. And she, what is Embo species? Uh, oh, she's one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but she's also hundreds of years old. So she, they have already like released concept art of like young her mm-hmm. uh, uh, in phase two. So that, that'll be a thing we're seeing, but like this baby quart, basically gets dropped off at Maz Kanata's castle as a baby. Mm-hmm. And Maz is like, what am I supposed to do with the thing? And he, like, gets up and, like, you know, rips the arm off her droid and beats it. Yeah. And, like, and he's just, like, this super strong little baby who I imagine is a great character to play in Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, eventually she turns him over to the Jedi Master across the, uh, across the lake and he gets raised in the Jedi Temple and stuff. But when they go to Takodana, he's, like, back home. Nile attack. Sav Malagan comes out of the temple and is like, when, why are people interrupting my breakfast? <laughs> and like lights two lightsabers and like jumps on their ships and destroy Like that part was he so go- rad. That, that was after his mask was broken, right? Oh, no, no, yeah, though that's court. Uh, Sav Malagan was the lady, oh, okay. the old lady okay, at the so- temple, the Embo-ish. I okay. remember the species. So when they <laughs> first come to attack, She's there, and she, like, jumps, and she's, like, attacking the ships, and then they're like, what? There was only one Jedi there. What happened? She was really awesome. You know? Yeah. I'm Uh, thinking ahead of myself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Later, when they come back, that's when Quartz there. And yes, his mask is broken. Um, And that's where he's, like, unleashed and does, like, the exact same thing, basically. Jumps on all the ships and, like, kills them and pulls everybody out of the sky. And they're like, (gasps) oh. And it's something like, but the, the way that the story builds is very much like, well, how will you know when like you're ready to take, you know, this mask is a part of you. It helps you control yourself. But when you're ready, you know, when you have control, when you're grown, you will know when it's time to take it off. And like mm-hmm. during the battles or whatever, his mask is broken. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> like it's the, the, this is one of the covers that they revealed when they're like, oh, in three months, High Republic number eight has come out. And it's like his broken mask. And I'm like, oh, what have you done to my court? (laughs) You know, and his mask is broken. And then he's just like kind of looks at it and he's like, I'm ready. And then he like (laughs) jumps up and owns everybody. And it's like awesome. And it's like Crix from the the jerk from the first five issues uh, (laughs) who's attacking and he's getting beat up by these guys. And he's like, man, and he's still trying to like be a Martian Rose best friend. Mm-hmm. And make a name for himself, which is not working out quite well. Please see Mission to... No, not Mission to Disaster. Please see Mi- Midnight Horizon for the end of that story. <laughs> or a couple issues yeah. more. But yeah, I, I love Quartz stuff. I love Maz Kanata, Taco Dana again. Like, mm-hmm. all of that stuff in these couple issues is really, really, really good. And this is also when they start to bring Ram in. Uh, yeah. Because this is after Race to Crash Point Tower. Mm-hmm. 
So like seeing all these characters sort of cross pollinate, like uh, one, I just loved that. You know, like you said, the, the characters from the vessel were in those other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that these authors are working and whoever's working to keep track of all these things, like I love that. And I love that connective connectivity and seeing these characters pop up all over the place is rad mm-hmm. and yeah ram in mission oh no sorry i said it again ram in midnight horizon is some of the funniest <laughs> like uh that's that I, that's also another djo book that i really really enjoyed mm-hmm. um but yeah seeing like ram with this crew like with the padawans really get out of that comfort comfort zone mm-hmm. that was good times good times yeah he, he and he's like one of you know he take he's what's the name for like the the character who takes the place of the audience yeah yeah because yeah, he's a little bit of like you know uh in what is it race to yeah race to crash point is like where he's like oh, i'm just i just like to fix machines i just like to right. do this like i'm you know and by the time you get here um you know he's running with these crew and with the padawans and he's making friends and mm-hmm. then by the time you get to midnight horizon him and Wreath are like best friends and Wreath is no longer the like, ah, I just like to read books and I just, I don't want to be on adventures. Wreath is now like one of the best lightsaber Padawans right. around, you know, like I love uh, how far they've come, dude. And this is only one phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, a, a lot one of phase and one year of our time. Yeah. That we've known these characters. It's pretty sure. incredible. The job they've done. Exactly. It's, 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 it's really well done and it's really rewarding. Yes. You know? And if you find like, because obviously not everybody needs to go through every single little book to find everything, you know, like some things might hit you more than others. Mm-hmm. You're going to get more if you read everything, but you can also just, Hey, I like, I only care about Vernestra. Good. I got mm-hmm. five books here for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a, a lot of the stuff. If you connect with certain characters, the good mm-hmm. thing is you'll see them again. Yeah. You know, like I really like the crew of the vessel and I love when they popped up in this series. Mm-hmm. I love when they popped up in uh, what did they just pop up in the fallen, fallen star? star? Oh, that yep. was, that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I already told Araj that uh, the fallen star is where they finally got him to go. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That, was that, that was one, one instance where I wish I was listening instead of reading, but I can't, I just, I can't listen to <laughs> Stuff. I think uh, you lose time listening, dude. That's exact. Yeah, the the like the times I've tried it, I always go back. You know, I I would rewind because I feel like either I miss something or I need to hear something again. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier and a lot quicker to do in reading. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, good times, good times. Uh, let's see. So we got them sort of like all meeting up after after those issues. No, no, no. But back together in a way again is like right before that. Um, where they sort of meet up after Valo, after mm-hmm. like the rising storm would have happened. Mm-hmm. And that's where Ram kind of comes in. And the uh, the uh, the free comic book day, there's like a little bit of them doing cleanup on Valo, which mm-hmm. is cool because you got to see those badass dragon things. Yeah. Uh, that was good times. Um, and then the annual issue, there was a High Adventures mm-hmm. annual. And it was five little mini stories, one from each author. Yeah. Um I love that because, okay, I, I'm just gonna, if you don't okay. mind, you know, growing no. up, I would save up my money and and buy comic books, and you know, if I had like five dollars to go to a comic book store with, and there was an annual, 
back then I would get the annual because growing up, Marvel would put out these annuals for their big, big series and it would be like a story. And then you would get all this bonus stuff like other like short stories. Um, sometimes you get like pages done by, you know, like poster type pages done by the artists. Oh, yeah. But it was just so much fun because, you know, okay, instead of a dollar, an annual would be like $2 or two fifty, Right. And right. there would just be so much more. Yeah. 32 and pages. 32 is short for yeah. an annual. But, you know, now, now they do annuals. And it's just like another issue. Okay, yeah. With just one story and not much else. But like you said, you know, so I saw this and I opened it up for it's bigger than the usual issue, which is mm-hmm. nice. But then you open it up and there are four or five different stories. And yeah. I just thought that was a nice throwback. It brought me back like this is how you do an annual. Thank you. <laughs> and it, there was like there was like one story like and each author did one. So mm-hmm. it was like I think uh, Sewell did the one with Load and Great Storm and yeah. and Bell and Claudia Gray did one with the like the crew of the vessel. And uh, let's see what we got. Like, Vernestra Rowe and Stellan Gios are in one. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and reread the one uh, that Daniel Jose Elder did. Okay. Because it was, uh, this came out before I read Midnight Horizon. So this one is about Crash and the crew do what they do. And okay. now after you mid- mid- read Midnight Horizon, you know all those characters. So I kind of went back here to dig through that again. And then mm-hmm. Kevin Scott does The Hall, which is like, Sort of like uh, is it, it has like the Nile uh, versus Porter Engel, <laughs> which is good times. Yeah. Um, so like, and they're all cool and they all have different artists and it's like another one of those really, really cool like anthology type comics like you're saying. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff in there. Um, but I love that like each little, each little story is its own like flavor. And that's another thing that the High Republic has done really well. Like, let a lot of different things exist in this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, who was I listening to? I was listening to another podcast that was talking about Midnight Horizon. You know what? It wasn't even a, a podcast. I think it was Star Wars Explained. And they were just talking how about like, oh, you know, sometimes you see when you see the different mediums, sometimes the mm-hmm. characters will like change a little bit. So I think he said something about uh, Alex said something about when. He expected Ram to be like a little bit more mature than he was when we met him. But he was like the same Ram. He was just in a different situation. Like, but he was still making the same kind of jokes, cracking the same kind of wise. Um, And he like, I agree with him that that was like a really refreshing thing to see. Like these characters really like the personalities are so strong. That like. Uh, the, I think, and I think it's the strength of the writers too that know these characters so well, and they're allowed to do whatever they want with them. They don't have to like fit them into these different genres, if you will. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Like I don't know what the creative answer is for that, but I know that I appreciate seeing Ram make funny jokes and weird faces mm-hmm. <laughs> in a young adult book, and Master Comac being like, "I don't know what to do with this." Uh, that was really entertaining to me. Uh, and continues yeah. to be. Yeah, it's that's it. It's the whole thing is very entertaining, and IDW did did a great job. And I really think that the, the whole it, we said earlier, you know, read what you want to read, mm-hmm. but this gives you a great overview of 
the whole High Republic's, you know, phase one, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does. And I think like, yeah, like there's so many characters. And like I said, there's always something for people gravitate towards. And, uh, you know, like I've always said the High Republic is like my kind of thing that I'm ready for. Because I'm like, oh, this is going to be all about Jedi. You know, like the uh, the Star Wars that we're so familiar with, other than the prequel era, there's not a whole lot of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're always working with these fragments or these like little things or this one person who found a holocron one time or whatever, you know what I mean? If you're working in like sequel era or original trilogy era, um, mm-hmm. you know, we did get a lot of Jedi stuff in the prequel era, but like, you know, I'm looking forward to Obi-Wan. Uh, but I really was excited when they were like, this is like the golden era of Jedi and this and that. And, um, I also just like characters like I, and I like the depth that they're able to go into and um, these young kids, dude, who are Jedi, they're heroes and they're and, and Zine, who's just a person that's just like, look, man, I had to make a change in my life and it mm-hmm. cost me my life almost. And that is a very like there are these weird things that Star Wars, not even Star Wars, like a lot of sci fi does that are like alliteration. Like, what does this teach us about our world? Zine comes from a place where she couldn't be herself. Mm-hmm. She came from a place where if she was herself, she would be hated and she would be ousted or whatever from society. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that tells us something about our own, like what in our society is that for people? You know what I mean? Cause that exists in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate things like that. Yeah. You know, and then they go kind of next level and like, let it be what it is. You Mm -hmm. know, they have her being in love with a Jedi. Um, Then that's also kind of a forbidden thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get the Jedi's perspective on it. Exactly. You know, you get like both sides of it. And they're both such different characters, but they connect in such a real way. Um, And they do a really, really good, really good job with that. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's. Like, I, that's gotta be good writing. Like, that's, how else would it be so real, so, so unique and such a, so refreshing? You know what I mean? Like, and that's another thing I really like about, about his, his writing. And I think it's, it's unapologetic and I think it's unafraid to do these things that I don't want to say, like, I think fearlessness is the one thing that George Lucas always said, like, Yo, do your what you're going to do and stick to your thing and don't care who says they didn't like Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like sometimes Star Wars gets afraid of its own shadow. Yeah. And I feel like this is not the case ever with this author. And I respect no. that and I love that. In fact, with most of the publishing, I feel like mm-hmm. that is a huge strength that they have where they're not afraid to do things that maybe... If it was a big budget movie or series, there might be 17 people in a room who are like, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. I think they definitely have a little bit more freedom that way. And hopefully that's. Hopefully that will inspire the rest of. The creators. Yeah. To, to, to make a change. You know, we have um, Acolyte coming out. Exactly. Supposedly next year, I think, and that that is one of these High Republic projects, and and Leslie Headland 
you know, um, she's she she's a woman. She's one of the first. We have Deborah Chow doing Kenobi, mm-hmm. um, but but Leslie Headland, it, it, she's a lot different than a lot of the other creators they have, and so hopefully, she takes this point of view and perspective and makes Acolyte different, moves it in the way mm-hmm. that Star Wars needs to be moved. Yeah, and even the fact that she is the the the, the, the cre- not the creator, but the like head uh i don't know show director show whatever you want to call it showrunner of this series yeah. like that is a big step in the direction so you can only right. imagine that there will be lots of little steps that come with that big step mm-hmm. um, which will be great for the future of star wars and representation and everything else in general um yeah and i think it's really finding those voices like those unique voices like the authors of the high republic you know there's there's minorities there's people of color like and I think that's a, a strength. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get that on the show side too, or movie side or whatever, you know, writer side, producer, you know, like uh, the more that that happens, mm-hmm. I think the more we're going to see that on screen or in places where more, you know, it's a little more visible. Yeah. Uh, and, and the better the stories will be too, because exactly. the, the, the more diversity you have in, in the storytelling, that can only mean stronger stories. Facts. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got here? Galactic Bake Off Special. Okay, this has a recipe in it. <laughs> I, didn't I have not tried to make the recipe. Okay, me neither did I. We we miss Lizzie. <laughs> I need her to make the recipe. But part of the recipe is you have to tell a story, yep. in which you cooperated or found a connection or like, uh, and like the whole story is a kind of. It's Cantum Psy and Buckets of Blood, and as they're having this bake-off, they're telling the story about, like, this was the first time I heard of, like, a Jedi retirement ship? That's a crazy idea, but, like, kind of cool. What did you think about that? Yeah, I didn't know what to think of that. I was like, huh, okay. Like, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's something that we've never... You know, we we have like the the um, is it the Wayseekers, right? And Wayfinder? No. The, yeah, you're right, Wayseekers. Okay, and the 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 Brash Vow. Oh, okay, yes. Where the, you know they go up, but never something like we saw here in in the Galactic Bake Off stories. Uh huh. Yeah, and yeah. I just didn't know what to think of it. I mean, it was definitely something I had never even considered before, right? Right. <laughs> you know, we're so used to Jedi dying in battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from the place and time where we mostly Jedi dying. Yeah, and even even Porter Angle, you know, in, in his first appearance, we learned okay, he's like three or four hundred years old, and yeah, he's not in the front lines, out on the front lines anymore, mm-hmm. but he still cooks, and then he yeah. goes and takes out a bunch out, of Nile, runs a temple. Um, right. Have you picked up Mission to Disaster yet? No, not yet. Okay, so there's another like little kind of out of the way temple that to me feels a little bit. You know, Elfrona, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like that. That's got its own little temple Jedi there who are like, oh, you know, hey man, we just cook. There's one that cooks a lot. There's one that just like uh, goes through the record. There's an archivist, you know, like so uh, a little a similar vibe, you know, to that sort of mm-hmm. Elfrona kind of temple dealy. But uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of, um, or I just thought it was a really really interesting idea that I'd never considered before. Jedi retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what their benefits are. 
It seems nice. Yeah. I don't know if it was like Halcyon nice, but it was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so they tell the story about how this thing sort of came under attack and they, you know, they sort of like work together like Cantum's on the inside trying to like get the people out and Buckets of Blood is on the outside trying to like it'll get the ship to hold long enough to for them to escape or whatever and it, it was it's a cute story um mm-hmm. obviously really good writing and then there's a recipe and then like the story flashes back between them telling the story and then them now being like Buckets of Blood has turned on the oven <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> which is just like another like okay how did you come up with the idea for this? So the idea for this comic, yeah. yo, hear me out. I got an idea for comic King Tom. They're cooking. While they're cooking, they are telling this story with all kinds of heart. But like, it's not gonna dis- like this is not bookended by baking. We're gonna cut in and out to the cooking while the story is being told. So every step of the cooking will be presented. Um. Also, and Padawans are gonna be listening to and being like, "Cool wizard." Yeah, and 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 one of one of the masters shouts his own name all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I like the idea. Can you get them to say wizard like thirty more times? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and we need a recipe that's really good in the middle. We of need it. a recipe. Claudia Gray, get on that. Like, I think it's uh, Gray's <laughs> recipe who added. I think so. I uh, think the so. Recipe in the back. But yeah, that that was a, a fun little uh, yet another thing that I didn't expect, and like mm-hmm. I don't know who is a. Uh, I don't know who these ideas are getting pitched to. I don't know who is in control over there at the High Republic. Because, like, where are we getting... Like, I love the world that we're into. Mm -hmm. That we have so much Star Wars that it's almost... It's rough to keep up with sometimes. Sometimes it is, yeah. But we have so much Star Wars that somebody's like, I want to do a comic book about them baking. And they're like, all right. Done. Done. Do it. Next. Go ahead. Yeah. Take it. Run with it. Yeah, how long, like, you would have to think that all of these things, like Galactic Star Cruiser, even though that's spanning, or the, the Halcyon Legacy, sorry, even right, though right. that's spanning all the eras, and the, um, the, that other IDW miniseries, the one about the monster with... Uh, monster at Temple Peak. Monster at Temple Peak. And then the, the mystery one that we had Trail talked about. Trail of Shadows. I, Trail of Shadows. I'm bad with, with series names. I got you. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. But, like, yeah, when did they think of all these these things? Yeah, right? So, and it's almost like, like, and 17 of those are Kevin Scott. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know what? We, we got to have Sewell do something in the comics, so we're going to give him the, the two-part Mashiyan Row thing at the very end. Well, no, and then he's doing everything else in the kind. Like, he did War of the Bounty Hunters. That was, like, 30 issues. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing the mainline story. Yeah, he's doing the main stuff. He did War of the Bounty Hunters, but, and then he did Eye of the Storm. He's like, by the way, I just got this little thing coming out at the end. You can check it out. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the the main story had multiple ties to the High Republic. Exactly. He was like, I'm going to give myself a shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's good stuff. I like. I don't know how if you're still like keeping up, keeping up because I'm pretty caught up on comics right now, and everything is going bananas a little bit. But I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying it. Uh, yeah. In particular, Vader right now is hitting some mm-hmm. strides. It is. I don't. Um, I don't entirely understand everything with Vader just because they brought in this kind of like army of assassins 
uh-huh. to do work and Ochi is Crimson Dawn, but he's working for Vader and then this and yeah, and then we have the Crimson Dawn series, which feels like it, it's more than a month between issues. Yeah. It's, it's it feels um, like it's moving and then it also feels like it's not uh it's kind of like storytelling. Like yes. a cri- a, I'll be like, oh cool, like what's happening? And then they'll just be like, This is this person's story. And I'll be like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool too. Yeah, so I I wonder with that if the true advancement of the story is going to happen in whatever the third part of this trilogy is. That's what it's feeling like, huh? Yeah. yeah which which if if they have it all planned out and they're confident in it, I'm I'm fine with that. But then again, like the main main Star Wars line, mm-hmm. they they had this whole storyline about this signal from the High Republic era that the Rebellion was going to use and it just kind of fell to the wayside for a little bit. Oh, well it was that, uh, that's when they stole the droid or whatever. Yeah, they stole the ancient droid and they were going to use him but then they, you know, it started they got pulled into war the bounty hunters and now we're we're on rescuing Kes Dameron or Right, uh, Shara. Sure, yeah, Shara, Shara um, So with the droid, I think the thing was that they needed him to like they taught the thing to three PO, and then they just got rid of the yeah. droid. But yeah. they have to like hand deliver to get the new code because they can't contact with them with the old code. Right. So like during War of the Bounty Hunters, they actually did that. Like they okay. like there was like remember that little side mission and Luke's hanging out with Starlight Squadron, and they're yeah. like rescuing oh, that- Mon Mothma. And then they're like, all right, 17th fleet, bye, I gotta go to okay. whatever the other planet was. You know, like, to that ice planet where uh, Dengar's floating on a piece of ice somewhere. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it felt like it was going to be a bigger, and uh, this isn't a complaint, but right, it felt right. like it was going to be something bigger than that. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely turned into like a, okay, now we gotta do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. We gotta hurry up. And this is gonna it. be Operation Starlight. It was get this little piece. Okay, we got the piece. Now we just have to hand deliver it to all the. Now it's a it's a link quest where you have to run into all these little. It's a right. postmaster, kind of dealio. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's so much stuff happening, and even like that's outside of High Republic. But even the High Republic stuff, like you mentioned, Trail of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a really really good one, and that and they each sort of like delve into a little bit of. The stuff that we want like mm-hmm. i have the storm gives us a lot of insight into row trail of shadows gives us a lot more insight into what this weapon is the jedi are facing right now mm-hmm. um what was the other one you mentioned oh uh the one about it's basically ty yorick mm-hmm. um and a little bit of her past which was kind of rad yeah it was um so yeah like and i don't know how much in advance each of these things are planned but like I have the storm seems to like heavily tell this dude's backstory, even mm-hmm. though like not all the answers are given, but there is quite a bit. And then trail of shadows seems to like perfectly tie in with what we learn in, you know, the fallen star and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the answer to that question, mm-hmm. but it seems to tie in quite a bit. And, like, for all those things that, like, we're curious about, like, you finish The Fallen Star and you're like, what in the crap? And then you read this and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers, but I have a few more. <laughs> um, and I appreciate that. 
All right. We got another issue that's like the Great Jedi Rumble race. Mm-hmm. And it is basically like before the crap hits the fan in the last two issues. It's another issue where Buckets of Blood is like, this is what I do on my Starlight Beacon. Like, I'm going to have this contest that we do and it's awesome and there are no rules. There are no, which is that's the important part. <laughs> that is the important part. That That's the important part. Uh, it's so good. Uh and like everybody's in it, like, and you're looking in. If you look, if you check all the panels carefully, you're like, oh, there's the dude from like, you know, from Trail of Shadows. There's an issue where they they almost get run over by a kid, and in this issue, that's where that that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also seems to like tie into the beginning of what is going to be Midnight Horizon. You know, you see Sabata Krill and them mm-hmm. being like, let's go to Corellia and cause some havoc, and you're like, oh no, please see another book for this. Yeah. Um, so that ties in really well there. But it's like a, this was like the, uh, do you remember the episode of Revels? What is it? Something, something, Chopper Base. The secret of Chopper Base. Mm-hmm. And like, they get attacked by all these spiders right before everybody goes to Malachor. Yeah. This is what this comic issue is. Mm-hmm. Right before all the crap hits the fan and they go and they're like, tracking down cricks they're like let's just have a race with buckets of blood mm-hmm. uh and it's good times and good fun i really like the art um harvey told art and i know there's a few issues that he didn't do like the particularly the ones with uh quart on takodana mm-hmm. but it's like this it's like not quite nine like it's like a little bit pulpy but like so, somewhere between like 80s and 90s art style but maybe with like a little bit of that 70s freedom thrown in there yeah like i don't i just really like the way that it comes off and like the splash pages in most of these comics are so killer they are they, um, they do a really good job of that yeah like there's a lot of energy um that i really 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 dig mm-hmm. you know and for, for that one though i did for the 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 rum the race uh-huh I got the alternative or variant cover, which is like it's like a cutaway of of, yeah. of Starlight Beacon, and I just like that one a little bit better. It's it's cool. I I go back and forth. Like I usually get the main one just because like I like Tolly Bow's art usually, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'll get like the little side ones because I'll be like, oh that is red. Like that was one of the ones that I thought about it. Um, mm-hmm. with the main line as well. Um, yeah. Like with the Marvel series, because sometimes they'll like I I don't ever do. I usually don't do the action figure ones or the like ones that are like, Hey, uh, this is like a famous star Wars scene. And you're like, oh, I, look, dude, like I like comics. I like Bo-Katan, but like, I don't need her in this comic that she has nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I usually, it, I think for me with those, it depends on how I think the art looks. And so a few weeks ago, they had one with the Mando and Baby Yoda on the cover of, I think, a Darth Vader comic. Uh-huh. And so I just, I put it in, you know, my comic book store, they have this app thing they subscribe to, and you put in what issues you want. So I put in for that one, and I show up in, at my comic shop, and they have up on the counter bagged and board copies of that, like 10 of them going for $30 each. Uh. And the next week he said they sold like nine of them. And I mean, I had, you know, I had one I paid for, they they only charged me regular price. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Uh, That's good times. The, uh, 
Yeah, the like right now, like all year, it seems they've been doing the like 50th anniversary, and it's always like a random thing. Um, mm-hmm. And usually, I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need this. And like that Baby Yoda one was probably one of them. But I did pick up. It was either Bounty Hunters or it was the main Star Wars line. There was like an issue that was Rebels, and it had like Thrawn. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got mm-hmm. like that issue for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I got Star Wars Rebels. It, it's always nice to see, you know, and yeah, Kanan did have a comic book series, but it's always nice to see Rebels in other places. I mean, maybe it would be nice if they showed up in a Lego Star Wars game. I'm just saying, King Tom. <laughs> you know, they got Mama the Hut, and I don't see Kanan or Ezra anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, who else is an awesome Mandalorian? Anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Okay. Okay. So the last two issues of the comic series are kind of when the story really gets to hit his head and it's when our heroes become conflicted. Mm-hmm. Zine starts to be like, look, I'm just a distraction. Like Lula has her whole life that is awesome. And like, she's situated to become like the best Jedi ever. And mm-hmm. I should really like go and find my own way and not be like pulling her off of her track. And Lula is like, I feel like all my life I've trained to be the best Jedi that I can be. And, like, now I feel like, what if there's another life out there? Um, and it's really well done. And it's basically them. They also catch up to Crix, which is, like, mm-hmm. the jerk they've been chasing, which has been, like, Zine's friend from childhood, who's, like, she hid her Force abilities all this time and felt so betrayed that when she used the Force that he joined the Nile mm-hmm. uh, in that first issue. Um. And a lot of this is covered, like, it's also covered from, like, a different point of view in uh, Midnight Horizon. Mm-hmm. But I really like the part where, like, they catch him. They end up catching And there's, like, a whole trap set up. Like, he gets yeah. betrayed by the other Nile, who's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, this thing is going to blow up if they try to shoot you. Or you can blow it up yourself and be the Nile you want ready to sacrifice. Or if you're a coward, then they'll just kill you anyway. Ha ha. Uh, but they stop it and they save him. And they catch him. Mm-hmm. And when they're like interrogating him, Zin, Zine goes in to like face him. And she does like a really like almost that Captain Marvel thing of like, dude, I don't I was following. I felt responsible for you. But you know what? You're just some kid that I knew, you know, you didn't respect mm-hmm. me. You yep. didn't, you're like you're that's that's all like you have nothing to do with me. I got nothing to do with you. This is your own problem, and I'm leaving. Like, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I, I like the way that that resolved itself. Yeah, that was very well done. Yeah, it was like I don't even know why it gave me that. Like, I don't have anything to prove to you, energy, but it did. No, but it 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 had totally had that. Like it had that, and it was really really good. Um, and like I said, in Midnight Horizon, you see the same scene, but you get a lot more in her head. Because um, mm-hmm. she's one of the main uh, uh, characters in Midnight Horizon as well. Um, and the comics, I think, follow a little bit more of, like, Lula's side. Mm-hmm. So, like, when the kind of when they split up in Midnight Horizon, like, over here you're seeing where Lula was doing, and over there in that book you're seeing what Zine was doing. Right. Um, and so, like, part of the reason that she decides to go off on that mission is, like, so that she can, like, give, they're trying to, like, give each other space. And they're trying to, like, they're both trying to work out in their head where their things is going. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's impossible to get to the end of this comic series without talking about Midnight Horizon. Because I feel like the story of Cantum Psy and like his 
like where what he ended up doing and his path to Jedi-ness is like echoed here. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, you, you did you read Midnight Horizon? No, not yet. Okay. So sorry. Let's <laughs> sorry just, about that. No, 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 it's fine. But let, I'll just put it this way, like without spoiling too much this is all backstory he talks a little bit about how he like his training with yoda and he left Mm -hmm. the jedi for a a little while oh wow like he walked away and he Mm -hmm. came back you know so Mm -hmm. like the sort of like the little bit of the lessons of that book is him of like the jedi learning like when to walk away and like what how the force is speaking to him and like what it really meant to be a jedi and like the choice to follow the force or, you know, make your own choices mm-hmm. um, till his road led him back to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I feel like him being her master, like not like that. It's consciously like the same thing at all, but like them all supporting her in her choice when she decides to leave. Cause basically mm-hmm. the end of the comic series ends with like, they did the thing, they caught the Nile that they were supposed to catch. And all the masters are there, and they're ready to knight them. And it's mm-hmm. not just her. It's her. It's Quart. It's Farzala. Yeah. And, like, they're the ones who are, like, you know, like, earlier in the series, they're always, like, when we were kids, we wanted to be the strongest Jedi ever. Like, this cool, hollow guy we watched who would, like, mm-hmm. bring down Star Destroyers. Like, everybody's favorite YouTube videos, noobs. And, like, you know, we always worked hard, and, like, we all knew it was going to be Lula because she was always the best. She always got the best grades, and she always did the best on her Jedi tests and this and that. And now she's so conflicted mm-hmm. and like how supportive everybody is of her. Like when she decides, like she, she makes the choice to walk away mm-hmm. to say like, I don't, I'm not ready to be a knight. You know, I'm going to let the force tell me where to go. And like her master support her, but she's there at the knighting ceremony to like support her friends that did like Farzala and court get knighted. Mm hmm. And she supports them and they also support her and like, hey, dude, we'll be here when you come back, you know, like, or whatever. Or, you know, like, we're always supporting them. We're always going to be friends no matter what. Um, and the fact that she decides to walk away, but it's not like a, it's not like a world ending thing the way that it is. Like, later, um, did you read the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic series by Charles Sewell? Yeah. yeah. So in that comic a little bit of the conflict there is Anakin deciding whether or not he should walk away from the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's given to him and it's Yoda who's doing it too is like Yoda's telling Obi-Wan like, so you know what that means though, right? Like if he decides to leave, you are also out. Yeah. Like it's so bad that if Anakin decides to leave the Jedi, then like they're going to kick Obi-Wan out too. Like, and it's, See, I, yeah, really weird, like, how, how far the Jedi have fallen. Go ahead. I thought part of it was, like, that, but also you have to keep an eye on him. <sighs> okay. Maybe I just took it differently. That Yeah, that, that was how I – and again, I haven't read it yeah. – read that series in a year. But I always thought it was like, look, he's so powerful. We don't know what he's going to do. And we need some – and, yes, I did think, uh, don't let this happen. You're in trouble if this happens. Yeah. But yeah. look, someone has to keep an eye on him, and so you're going to be out of here too. You're going to be the one yeah. keeping an eye on him. It was yeah. It's such a weird like juxtaposition. But even that, mm-hmm. like, uh, even if that's what it is. But yeah, it's still like, very 
very different. It's so different. Like the energy, like just that, that like feeling of acceptance and that feeling of choice and that feeling of whatever this is, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I really, really, really enjoyed the series and I really, really liked the places that it went. And, um, I don't know what's next for Lula and Zine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. so funny. Cause like you, the, the comic starts the other way almost as like, Oh, like, cause Zine is a force sensitive person who's never been a Jedi. And the whole comic mm-hmm. series, they're like, well, just come to starlight with us. Uh, and they kind of like, they, 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 they do set the ground rules early off as like, well, we're not going to train you, but you should still learn how to control your powers and be yeah. around us and meditate and stuff like that. And like, she's been hanging out with these people for a year. Uh, and they've been helping her and supporting her and accepting her. And so, I mean, I don't know if I saw it going the other way and like, hey, she's going to join the Jedi, even though like they've been pretty good at keeping her at arm's length while still <laughs> being her friend. Uh, but like the fact that when it turns around and the other one decides to leave the Jedi. Like, I mean, like by the time it happens, you see it coming. Mm-hmm. But it really was well done in a place that you don't feel like, like something like, like when Ahsoka leaves the Jedi, it is loss. It is betrayal. It is hurt. You know, it, it there's a lot of like raw feelings there and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a victory, even no. though it feels like that's the choice that she needs to make, you know, mm-hmm. um, when Lula leaves the Jedi, it is not that at all. And I just like, you see how far the Jedi have come slash how far they've fallen and to work where all these like trails have kind of led the Jedi to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I just, I really appreciate that. And I really enjoyed it. And I don't know what's next for these characters. I don't know. We're obviously not going to see them 150 years ago. So we're going to be waiting a little bit, but I am curious to see like what their future is. Yeah, it's. I, I'm looking forward to phase two, but at the same time, there's so much about phase one and the way it ended that I want to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, um, yeah, I mean, uh, look, dude, we've come through one phase of High Republic. Mm-hmm. Like, now, from beginning, from Light of the Jedi to here, that's one grand chapter. Like, uh, for me, it stands up and it is strong. And this this is some of the best uh, Star Wars content that I've enjoyed in a long, 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 long time. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that a lot of things were like bad. I really enjoyed the Mandalorian and other stuff as well. But there's so much and each of it, all of it hits strongly. And um, it just has so much strength. And I, I feel like it's because of the creative freedom. You know? Yeah. I think yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Like it's the collaboration, I think, too, adds a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. But I feel like them being like, "Look, just give us our own timeline. Let us do whatever the heck we want." T- total uh, blank slate. Yeah, I think that really lets them do these things where they don't have to be like, "Well, actually, at the time, Luke Skywalker was blah blah blue," or "Oh, well, no, Anakin wouldn't be here because he was," you know, like, like being able to color outside the lines they're able to give us so many fresh characters and story like a lot of my favorite characters um are coming out of this you know i really like court i really like farzala's master that whole part that i just talked about where he Mm -hmm. talks about death and fear and the force and like 
what a Jedi confronting fear really means. And that's something that's like huge in episode nine, like confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Like that's something that they're trying to instill into Rey. But I feel like that's something that these Jedi understand in a different way, maybe. And maybe Luke Mm -hmm. came to understand it better uh, or at least as good, you know, like in his later days and his former days. But like that whole it's it's done really well in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they, it it just did so much all very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a fan. Yep, <laughs> me too. Uh, I'm definitely look for, looking forward to phase two. I don't, I, I really hope, I know there's like a transfer with IDW and or I don't want to say transfer. I know Dark Horse is taking over some of these comics now. I hope, uh, I hope High Republic Adventures comes back or these characters come back in some form. I hope that like, this is not the end of that series. I hope whenever they come back that I can get them on an app. Cause I, <laughs> I do like having it on my phone for ease. Like you were talking about, man, it's so easy to yep. just pull out my phone and look and screenshot and, you know, reread parts that I like. Like I said, I pulled out my comics and I had them sitting next to me. And, uh, as much as I like physical comics and holding paper in my hand, uh, I do like the ease Mm -hmm. of just going like, you know what I want to look at? Chewbacca, not having to dig through like three boxes to find them. Right. Right. And then you got to take it out of the bag, read it, put it back in, hope, you know, you don't mess anything up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good time. Oh, speaking of like comics, uh, Axel recently got, he was asking me questions. He was like asking about the Knights of Ren. And I was like, well, okay. they're actually in, uh, you know, there's a little bit of their stuff in the rise of Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, and then he, I think he watched the Lego star Wars thing. And he was <laughs> okay. like, so that's like the guy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it. And he was, and I was like, it's not like that by the way. And he was like, oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, it's not like that. Like it's, I mean, yes, they're like, yes. I mean, it's not, that's its own interpretation. And he read The Rise of Kylo Ren and he enjoyed it. But he was Good. also very, he just got into like, and I'm like, oh, okay, if you get into that, I'm guessing in another month or two, you might have another issue of comics to read because yeah, we're the way to it's been Crimson going. Rain issue on that. Mm-hmm. Soon. Yeah, they're like the, they're the one big component of Crimson Rain that we really don't know why they're there. Right, right. Because they just showed up in a room one time. Right. <laughs> I know that guy. Wait, who yeah. are those other two guys? Yep. Like two new. There's trash. a little one. Yeah. There's a trash can guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right up there with bookmarks and grenade face. <laughs> bookmarks. I forgot about bookmarks. <laughs> uh, good times. Oh, and then I was like, oh yeah, how did you? What did you think of the? Uh, I was trying to ask him because like Kylo Ren gets like the makeover <laughs> in that mm-hmm. comic series. Yeah. Like he goes from like Padawan or whatever Jedi training, and they're like. Oh, we got to give you cool. And he has like a biker jacket and like right. a little uh, shoulder sling messenger bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got the Knights of Ren look before he got his little Kylo mask. Yeah. Anyway, Lego Star Wars is also awesome. And I'm looking forward to that video game. My son is too. Oh, yeah. Now, I've been listening. Oh, no, it was uh, Strathers' kid is like really perfectionist about the Lego games. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We're probably going to jump on Twitch and like get at least we're going to get it and then jump on Twitch and play together and stuff like that, too. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. Good times. Mm-hmm. I uh, 
I feel like that's I haven't touched another game in a while because I'm like, oh man, I I need I really need to do like Rise of the Tomb Raider or something, mm-hmm. or I could play Battlefront for 25 minutes and kill a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's what ends up. Ah, I don't want to install a whole other game and I don't do all. Let me just put in Battlefront and then I'll just like run around and kill people for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happens. Although I did play that sims batu expansion for okay. a while mm-hmm. and i was doing stuff i was doing i was doing it like once a week and i was like making progress and doing things i don't really know about sims but i was like making my guy to try to be a resistance guy mm-hmm. and i started playing it so much that the next time that i went to batu i started having flashbacks of what happened in the game i was like oh that's where i like i tried to hack that terminal and the first order guy caught me or whatever Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute, no, that didn't happen. That's that was a video game. But the like the the Batu looks like Batu's like the exact same footprint. So it looks, you know, like when you're walking there, you're like, Oh, that's where that was, and then you went over here, and that's where I got beat up by a stormtrooper, and then I went over here and I hung I danced with Hondo for an hour and a half. Uh it's pretty incredible how they can get it to line up that way. Yeah, it took totally. Like uh and it literally gave me flashbacks when I was there, so good times. Mm-hmm. Take that for what it's worth. Or I'm weak-minded. Whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, man. You got anything else to say, Kingdom? Um, can't wait for phases two and and three. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I mean, I imagine we'll get into it. I've I've had you on for every wave of every phase. So yeah, I think so. I think I'll continue to get King Tom updates. I'm good uh, with that. Every time something new comes out, let's see. I I know we got. They announced Quest of the Jedi, which is going to be a comic mm-hmm. series by Claudia Gray. I think so, yeah. They announced, oh, they announced new authors. They announced Convergence by Zoraida Cordova, mm-hmm. who I really, really like as a Star Wars author. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if she you did the um, Crash of Fate. Mission of Black Spire? No, she did a Crash of Fate, the, the young adult. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, which I recently re-listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little spoiler because I'm probably going to do a podcast episode on it soon because I realize that's the one gap in my Galaxy's Edge playlist uh, if you don't count the VR game that I haven't played mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look King Tom I went to space and that's on the Galaxy's Edge playlist because that counts just so everybody that, knows that's, that's the only one that counts that's the big one yeah uh, but I didn't do ga- that book I uh, you know I don't like all the books came out at the same time so, like, by the time we got around to doing that, like, we had forgotten about it or whatever. I re-listened right. to it recently. And that was one of the first books, audio books, that they started throwing, like, that one in Alphabet Squadron. They started putting, like, non-Star Wars music in. Hmm. Where you were like, oh, okay. Like, you know, so they would, like, walk hmm. into the bar and they'd be like, they danced. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, parts of, like, oh, walking like, around Batu and stuff. Like, the background music, not... Yeah, but even, like, yeah. the symphonic music, they did mm-hmm. some newer stuff. And some different stuff. In Alphabet Squadron, okay. uh, I, I mean, I know you don't do audiobooks, mm-hmm. but they started doing some non-John Williams stuff, and there was some very, like, action-packed stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it just hit different. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because, like, I, lo- I love Star Wars music, obviously. I love John Williams, obviously. But I also, every time they fight, I don't need to hear the same. Like, they usually pick the same songs. Right. Well, also, I know that, you know, Alphabet Squadron has all those references to... to different types of music all right chasna chaddock's playlist yeah yeah um yeah yeah there's a lot of different um 
stuff. But they start. That's where they started exploring different music. Okay. Um, well, good. So I really, really liked that in the audiobooks. And re-listening mm-hmm. to it now, I was like, oh, this holds up. And then also there was like one little thing that got me that I was like, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, there, there's like one little mention of a book where they're like, you've never heard of Gaia. She's like the most famous person outside of Coruscant. And I read the book five years ago and I was like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm like, I saw Gaia on the spaceship. Uh, so that was cool. So like five years ago, somebody was like, ah, this is going to be rad when this pays off. I just want mm-hmm. you to all to know I saw you and I appreciate you. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I got it. I got it. I was all over it. Oh, there's that alternate cover you're talking about <laughs> at the very bottom of the show notes. Good times. Uh, yeah. I knew I, see, I saw it recently. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite Star Wars uh, comic series, actually. Mm-hmm. It's only 13 issues. I don't, I'm worried about collected editions now that IDW is not doing the, uh, now that it's gone to Dark Horse or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but if they collect it and print it out somewhere else, I am going to like that it's not going to be a teeny tiny little book. Because for mm-hmm. some reason, when they do their collected editions, it's like this little trade size or something. Yes, it's very. I, that's what I've heard. It's very yeah. tiny. I have a couple. I have like some. I, I have like the uh, Forces of Destiny collected, and a couple of like the Vader's Castle ones. Mm-hmm. And like they're fine and they're cute, but also like you can give me artwork a little bigger. I like it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'll have to put it in my pocket. Um, but yeah, I, I hope there's a collected series of this. I would buy a hardcover of this, y'all. Just saying. <laughs> whoever's got the rights, whoever wants to put it out. I will pick it up, and I will be happy about it. So It's that good. Yeah, good times. Uh, you can check us out at therogerebels.com. Make sure you are rating us five stars if you can. Go check out our playlist on Spotify. This is going on the comics playlist and the High Republic playlist because this checks both squares. King Tom, where can people find you? Uh, Tom Chansky on Twitter uh, every week on the Sith list and then Patreon shows for Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, and the Bad Motivators. I actually just heard a really good Patreon episode of Blue Harvest where you guys were talking Bounty Hunter. Oh, thank you. And that took me back because I have not played that game in years, but I remember it quite a bit. Um, I I never played it. I've only seen you know clips of it on YouTube. Uh-huh. And it looked for, at the time, like it was a solid game back then. You do. It was fun. I remember playing it. I remember when it came out, and I remember it was a big. I had it on the GameCube, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember it was a, like a little, uh, you know, the the camera. What even back then, I remember the camera being a little bit clunky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I do remember the game being good and the story being decent. And uh, mm-hmm. I was I was listening to you guys talking about it, and I was going through things, and we were talking. You guys were talk, kept touching on like, oh, this is the closest thing we got to a Boba Fett game. Mm-hmm. And about how you could upgrade the weapons and you could, I remember all that. And then it kind of hit me and I was like, oh, like if you had a Boba Fett, like you could basically do Metroid, but Boba Fett, except for the ball part. But like you That's get more weapons, like you upgrade great... your stuff. Exploration. Like, That's a great point. And the, uh, I don't know if you remember one of the last Metroid, actually probably the last Metroid game they did was Other M. And the mm-hmm. way they did it was it was side-scrolling. It was with the Wii. I think it was the Wii because you had the Wii Mote and you could hold mm-hmm. it like a controller. And it was side-scrolling. But if you pointed it at the screen, it went to first person. And you could aim your missiles or target your whatever. Oh, wow. And I was 
like, dude, you could do that with Boba Fett because then you could be like your RF targeting or something. You know, like mm-hmm. that's something that would all of those effects and whatever would totally work in a Boba Fett game. Everything Samus does. I always thought Samus and Boba would be best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. This is what we want at Disney. <laughs> anyway. Just by Nintendo. Yeah. Just yeah. Whenever you play Samus games, just remember Boba Fett could do it too, except for roll up in a ball. Yep. Good times. Good takeaway. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that's going to be a podcast. Uh, please continue to listen to us as we're going to be talking about more High Republic stuff and probably a Crash of Fate very soon because, like I said, I released into that audiobook and it is a very good book. Oh, that's what I was doing. Listening phase two books. Convergence. She's doing the big novel. Uh, Justina Ireland is teaming up with another author. I forgot what it was called. I'm not helpful. Never mind. I'm not going to say it because I don't even remember what I was saying. But I remember there's three books. God, I don't remember the names of any of the other ones. Oh, well. That's Sound like me now. Anyway. Anyway. Good to talk to you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Always great talking to you. All right. Thank you for having me. Next time I see you, it'll probably be 150 years ago. Republic. The fate of all Jedi. For control of the Force itself.